And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, checking out the RSM Classic in Sea Island, Georgia. Uh, check out the podcast at Always Press DFS. Uh, I am one of the three O's Bubba on Twitter at BDNTrick. Joined once again by Jesse. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing? Doing well. Good, good, good. And our third compadre here, as always, find him on Twitter at BP Snow Eleven Bucks. How we doing? Doing great, man. I'll be doing a lot better if uh, Kent State can start putting together some points tonight. <laughs> action Tuesday night action straight D yeah. love it love it well, that is so bad well, well if we want to talk DJ maybe next week we'll have our Euro League basketball podcast but for now we'll stick to oh god no <laughs> we'll stick to PGA DFS um what did you guys think of last week's tournament uh anything really standing out to you much anybody um I thought it was a good tournament. I mean, it was fun to watch. I'm glad Ricky came out hot, which was cool to, to see. Um, personally, I had – I only had three lineups. I had Luke List everywhere, which, I mean, that's a true boomer bust play there. Uh, but I also had Chess and Hadley, so him withdrawing in the third round was kind of the nail on the coffin. So, su- surprisingly, I did have – one four for six lineup that like literally bubbled like it came down to the last hole for me just to miss the cash and the pressure putt so fun real fun what about you jesse yeah um you know i I did a 20 entry max uh at 90 percent stewie stewie sink um so when he missed the cut i pretty much gave up caring about the golf tournament but pretty interesting that uh you know, Pat Kazire kind of, I mean, in, in my opinion, comes out of nowhere and, and, and wins there is, was yeah. rather confusing. Um, I mean, and in hindsight, you know, Ricky was actually a really good play. I don't mean people were actually on him. He wasn't as high on as I thought he would be. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about golf. That's the thing that makes golf great, though, is any week, oh, yeah. anybody's in play, which is awesome. I mean, you can look at stats all day, course history all day tournament history all day but at the end of the day golf is golf and whoever has the hot hand that week is gonna win yep yep make butts that's what makes pga dfs so fun it's like you can get so close to the right direction but my god that's why that sweat is so great um yeah that's why gut feelings and pga is way more legit than any any other sport yeah i agree no doubt about it no doubt about it with that being said you want to talk about guys that haven't done or the sneak up out of nowhere last year's champion, Mackenzie Hughes, snuck up out of nowhere. Uh, Jesse, give us some past event history. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes uh, wins last year in a five-way playoff. Um, I was reading earlier today, he made like an 18-footer on the second playoff hole. And everybody else, the other three guys who had made the second playoff hole missed putts inside of 10 feet. And so he was your champion last year, minus 17. Kevin Kisner uh, – the year before that, uh, shot 64-64 on the weekend to win by six shots over Kevin Chappell, minus 22. And then uh, before that, Robert Streb and Chris Kirk, both at minus 14. Uh, but there's this is usually a pretty tight golf tournament as far as the winner. Um, the biggest win was by Kisner, you know, six strokes. Other than that, it's been either been playoff or a one-shot win. So it should come down to Sunday, according to history, if 
Things go according to history. According to history. I love that. Um, Bucks, what do you have on the course preview? Um, yeah. They, so this course is – I mean, I'm sure everybody uh, that is listening to this podcast has some sort of idea what's, or what Sea Island is. Um, but the course is awesome. It's a really great design. Um, it's only 7,000 yards par 70. So it really makes you think off the tee. I mean, if you look at, I've played there once. Um, and from a visual standpoint off the tee, it's tough, man. I mean, there's fairway bunkers everywhere. There's like 40 fairway bunkers out there. There's water that comes into play on like 12 of the tee shots. Um, almost every tee shot on the front nine, you have to contend with water and fairway bunkers. And then on the back nine, you have a ton of these, not only fairway bunkers, but sand dunes and kind of areas where you can get into some unplayable situations. And so it's a really fun course. Um, like I said, it's only 7,000 yards, so you don't have to bomb it everywhere. In fact, you can't bomb it everywhere. It's not one of those courses where, um, the fairway bunkers are like 295 out and you can take it over them and be fine. Um, they're positioned really well. So I think not only do you have, uh, it, it brings the field much closer together. So a lot of the guys that are long off the tee are going to hit hybrids and, uh, more so driving irons probably and fairway woods, that kind of thing. And then you have guys like sink and Zach Johnson and Webb who will still hit driver a lot of places. Um, so once you get off the tee though, it really comes down to uh, approach. I mean, the, the greens are generous, fairly undulating. Um, they can get rolling really quick and then there's a ton of bunkers around the greens. So you have to be a fairly good sand player. There's a lot of false fronts, um, and runoffs. And so you have to be pretty handy around the greens to have a chance. I mean, I think Jesse mentioned the winning scorer on average is around 16 under. So, um, you can't. You have to keep the ball in play. You got to minimize the big numbers uh, to really have a chance here. Um, the first two rounds are going to play two courses. Is there any philosophy on like, I don't know, picking one course day one over day two, or weather-wise, anybody see anything on that yet? I, I remember no. something last year. Do you remember this? And I don't know if you remember this or not. But there was one. The, there's one course that's right on the court, uh, right on the coast, correct? Like right on the coast. And then there's another course that's not. So um, last year there was a little bit of an advantage for like guys who started on one course versus the other. And the other thing is one's a par 70, those are par 72. So obviously the par 72 is a little bit more scoring capabilities with four par fives versus only two on the other golf course. So there was last year. Now whether or not that's going to happen this year, I don't know. Have you seen anything in the weather, Bucks? That no, the weather looks good. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was looking at it earlier. 75, yeah, 75 and sunny with a little bit of wind, like 12-mile-an-hour wind, something like that. Right. So yeah. I saw a little bit where the, the wind might kick up a little bit, like going into Friday afternoon. But the problem is pretty much everybody starting at the same time going to be on the golf course at the same time. I mean, it's not – obviously not everybody starting at the same time, but they're going off one in ten on two golf courses. So you've got basically four starting holes for 156 players. So it's not – like split, but but there's potential that you know if guys start on 
you know, are playing Friday on a golf course that is harder. So the par 70 golf course on Friday versus the par 72 and then the wind yeah. kicks up, you know, that's where it could come in. So the complications are there. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think that, that's why I think that the weather is almost like a non-factor because the wind isn't supposed to be anything crazy. I mean, on the seaside course, it's obvious gonna, obviously going to be a little more blustery, but the winds on Thursday are supposed to be pretty light. Um, and then you have the plantation course that is going to be a, a little more protected, that kind of thing. But again, with the, with, I, I would say it's a bigger advantage if it was supposed to be super windy, but right. it's really not. Yeah. Okay. That's why I asked. Uh, so you, you, you said precision is key here. So we're looking at um, more accuracy than anything, guys. What are we looking at here? Jesse? Um, I mean, I, I'm going a lot, again, heavy, like I, like I typically do, greens and regulation. Um, also, uh, back to driving distance a little bit this week, too. There's a lot of course history, so I'm factoring that in quite a bit. Um, and then I also want putters, guys who are, who are putting the ball well, which is obviously, you know, can be misleading at times. But also birdie or better, going back to the birdie score, because uh, you do have to go low here. So, guys, the guys who can go low. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I think both courses you have to keep it in play. I think it's obviously a little more penal um, on the seaside with a lot of that water coming into play, and that's why I focus on that course. Um, but I think that because you're hitting less than driver a lot of places – um on seaside it brings everybody into play kind of but you really need to focus on less off the tee yes you want guys that are going to keep it in play but the longer hitters who typically spray are going to be hitting driving iron um hitting fairway wood, hitting hybrid whatever um where we really need to focus is on the guys that excel hitting approach shots from 150 175 yards that kind of thing guys who excel getting up and down around the greens, who excel from bunker play, that kind of thing. So for me, I'm looking at, uh, I, I obviously look at strokes gains off the tee, accuracy, that kind of thing, but I'm really focusing on um, strokes gained approach uh, around the green um, and then additionally some putting as well. So. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into the DraftKings picks. Got four guys in the five digits, Kisner, Cooch, Harmon, and Hadley, and you're going to hear it all week long. There's the Sea Island Mafia. I don't know if one of you guys really care to explain it or not, but Kiz is one of the leading members. So, um, Jesse, who do you like in the top four here? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of odd, an odd region, but this golf, this golf tournament – really is a weak golf tournament as far as the names in the golf tournament. I do like Matt Kuchar more than anybody else up top. I think it's interesting this week to go back to, and I don't really have to talk about Matt Kuchar. Everybody knows about Matt Kuchar and how he just hits it down the middle and then backdoors top tens every Sunday. So if you get a backdoor top ten or potentially top five out of Matt Kuchar this week, he pays off. Um, the other guy, I have a little bit of – uh, interesting is Brian Harmon. Um, he's been playing pretty well as of late and has some uh, pretty good course history. If you take out the last two years, <laughs> he has two missed cuts in the last two years. But Chesson Hadley is the other guy that I really like up top because 
if you look at his recent performance, he has fives in his last six starts. So he's a first, second, 46th on the web. Then he comes over PGA third, second, and a fourth. Obviously, a WD last week, not really counting that because for whatever reason, he, he drank the water. Um, we talked about that on Twitter, not to drink the water. But either way, so he WDs last week. But before that, I mean, just spitting hot fire. I didn't realize how really hot he was coming into this. And I would imagine that he will be on point. And he can go low. I mean, he can go out and shoot 63. Um, so I really like Chesson Hadley. And I think that the WD last week will, you know, generally scare the public off. Um, at least that's my hope. So that's my, kind of the angle I'm using there. But. Uh, Kucher and, and Hadley, for the most part, talk with a little bit of Harmon. Very nice. Bucks, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I loved, loved, loved um, Hadley last week. He has been on fire. He says he's close. Um, he burned me last week pretty bad, but I think uh, I, I have to go back to him just just because he has been – so good um and he is so good from kind of all all of the stats that i'm looking at he's pretty solid at um the the one guy that really stands out to me obviously in this range is kucher he will probably be one of the highest on golfers this week yeah uh, but it's hard to ignore him i mean you have and it's no i guess um it, it's not a a a rarity for this event, but you have like 28 guys that live at Sea Island uh, or reside at Sea Island or practice there, that kind of thing. So you have a ton of guys that know the course super well. Kuchter is one of them that resides there. And so you have a guy that is that good, um, has five top 25s and six starts and lives there. It's hard for me not to play Matt Kuchter. It's hard for me not to play Chesson Hadley because I think his ownership will be pretty low. Um, but those are the two guys that I'll be playing in this range. Yeah, I'm all in on Chesson Hadley again. I hope people are scared off by Montezuma's revenge, which you should be scared of Montezuma's revenge. But <laughs> I think he's going to be just fine. And then Cooch, it's just the weirdest part about this pricing and a lot of us, like you said, Jesse, about the field – but even when you go through it, like the next range has guys I thought might be ranked higher than like Brian Harmon. But Kucher at 11-1 I think is a great play. You can go Stars and Scrubs this week, so I have no problem. He's a great, great cash game play. and uh, I think he's still a pretty good um, GPP play. But those will be the two I'm going with. Hadley, I am all in on him this week, so no problem going that direction. Going 9K range, six guys to choose from. Bucks, kick us off on this one. Yeah, I mean, I wish they would start bumping a few of these guys up in this range. I'm not sure that J.J. Spawn <laughs> should be yeah. here. I mean, that seems pretty odd to me. But the guy has game, I guess. But, I mean, you guys have Webb Simpson, Ollie, Howell, Haas, and Zach Johnson, and then J.J. Spawn. So... I guess as a GPP dart, hop on Spawn because he should be super, super low owned at this price. Um, but I love Webb Simpson. Again, I always love Webb Simpson, but he's number one in my model. Um, Charles Howell's another guy I really like this week. He and Webb both practice, play at Sea Island, reside here, that kind of thing. 
And same with Zach Johnson. He practices here a lot. He's an RSM guy. Um, so Zach, Howell, and Simpson are the three guys that I would play in this range. What about you, Jesse? I like I like Simpson, and that's really odd for me because I don't like Simpson. Um, but I do like him this week. I mean, his, his course history is really ridiculous. 36, 41st, 7th, 2nd, 12th. Um, never missed a cut here, basically. And it's coming off three straight top – four straight top 20s um, and five top 20s in his last six starts. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, the other guy that I do like a lot in this range is Ollie Snyder-Jans. He finished second or sixth here last year. Uh, hits it, you know, like a foot off the ground. So if the wind does kick up a little bit on the course, uh, you know, on the coast or whatever, um, I, I like a guy who hits it lower. He's got two top twenties with the twenty third in his last three starts. So Charles Howe is interesting. I think he'll probably be pretty popular. Um, Zach Johnson is another guy who's playing pretty well right now, but has three straight missed cuts at this golf course, which is Pretty bad, uh, but three straight top 20s. So I think he's an interesting GPP play. Wouldn't trust him in, in cash. Seeing Bill Haas a lot, I think he'll be really, really popular. Um, Mayo, uh, I've already seen Mayo tout him, so I'm, I'm sure he's going to be pretty popular in the DFS world. And J.J. Spawn at 9,000, I, I can't pay it, even though he should be low-owned, but he'll probably be more owned than he even should be, um, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. I don't mind Ollie, but I'm actually going to be big on Webb Simpson, which, like you, Jesse, kills me to say. But I absolutely love what he brings into this tournament. He's playing really, really well. And he's one of the – if you look at pricing, he's like the fifth or sixth guy down, but he's got like the best odds in the field or like second best odds in the field. So if you look at how that kind of correlates, there's a lot to like about Webb, especially recent form-wise, playing really, really well and likes this course for the most part. Um after that, one of my core players will be Charles Howell the third. Three straight top 20s, and what comes to this course, course history, he loves playing here. He's a cut machine. He's usually a top 25-ish type machine. 9500 bucks. Um, I'm all in on Charles Howell the third this week. And um, the last guy, like you mentioned, Mayo's touting him. I don't mind Bill Haas. He's played really, really well here in the past. 9300 bucks. But I don't want a chalky Bill Haas. So if he's if like fan, fan shares showing chalk, I'm gonna back out of there. But I am all in on Hal and Simpson in this range, and then you can sprinkle some Haas and Ollie if you want. But that is the direction I will be going in the nine K range. Fan share probably needs to do like a like a Mayo factor tag, which is worth like a hundred tags per guy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fair. That's very <laughs> fair. Because Bill, I think Bill Haas will be pretty popular. I've already seen his name a couple times, and I think he's playing. He's not bad, and of course, history is really good. I mean, I understand why they're touting him, but you know, you know how golf is. Yeah, if that driver's off, he's in trouble. Recency right. um, is so important in golf. Yep. So let's get to the 8K range. I'll lead us off here. I'm going back to the Cocrock Well at 8,800 bucks. <laughs> Continues to get it done. I'm hey. The core has gone two for two since I started staying more focused, and I'm going to go back to Co-Crack at 8800 bucks. Um, besides one missed cut here, I believe he's made like six or seven at this place, or at least four of his last five to be for certain. We played really, really well here at this course. I like Graham McDowell at 8700 bucks. You're talking accuracy, guys. Graham is one of the most accurate guys 
you will see uh, in this field, and he's actually done very well. His only time playing here, he finished third, and he's coming off multiple straight made cuts. So I have no problem with Graham at 87. If you want to gamble, and it's one name that we're going to vomit on in our mouth, but Jamie Lovemark has – I know he's missed his last cut, and the putter's always a question mark, but he's got a T6 and a T9 here. So he does like playing this course, but I, that's GPP only if you want to gamble. I don't want anything safe at all there. Um, other than that, I don't mind you know, Russell Knox recent form has been okay, but I'm looking at like Bo Hostler at 8K and Scott Brown at 8K as well. So like Kokrak, McDowell, Hostler, and Brown are guys I'm really on. Uh, Hostler coming off of <clears throat> five straight make, made cuts, but it's his first time at this field. And you got Brown coming off a T6. He had a T63 and a T5 prior to that. And a T23. He's made five straight cuts. And his last time, he didn't play here last year, but he's got T18, a miscut, T4, T20. So he's had really good history at this course. For $8,000, you can do many worse things in this field. So I'm looking at Kokrak, McDowell, Hostler, and Brown in this 8K range. And it'll be a lot of uh, staples here to go with my core. Jesse, what are you looking at in the 8Ks? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of this region. I do like Kokrak a lot. Um, I'm with you on that. You harped on everything that I would have said there, so I will just go times two on what you said. A couple interesting guys for GPPs. Brant Snedeker coming off an injury. Um, hasn't played since June, so he should be very low-owned because people should be wary of the fact that he might WD again. I don't know what his status is, but I'm assuming in five months he's been – healed up, um, and for $8,600, you get a guy like Brand Snedeker in this field. My opinion, pretty good for GPPs. Um, I would go lightly on him. You know, if you're playing 20 lineups, maybe one or two, just kind of sprinkle them in. Bud Colley's other guy has terrible course history here. Three straight missed cuts, but a 20th and a 15th before those three straight missed cuts and has not played um, in a month or two. Yeah, well, he hasn't played in three weeks since the CJ Cup. Um, but yeah, I think you can do a lot worse than 8,500 for, you know, Bud Colley, really good golf for 8,500. I like it. Um, one of the listener questions we got was about Jamie, Jamie Lovemark and on, it was on a scale of one to 10. How much do you trust Jamie Lovemark? I would give him, man, you ever watch his shot tracker and tilt his putting? You can't go above two. Um, yeah, I don't remember when it was. When was it? A couple weeks ago or a couple months ago when we, we're rolling. We're, we're on him, and we just watched shot yeah, track. Yeah, the PGA Championship. Three, it was tilting. Three, it, was three, tilting it was a quail high. It was awful. So, I mean, he does have good course history. He's got, like you said, about a six and a nine. GPP, you know, maybe another little sprinkle there. One guy who is interesting is William McGirt. Oh, I can't touch Three or four made cuts it. here. <laughs> Um, and a 10th place last – or yeah, two weeks ago, we yeah, had the Shriners 10th place. So maybe another GPP option. Um, and I saw something interesting on Bubba Watson. He's 60-1 to 1 in this field when this – and his, his, his master's future, future odds were 50-1. to 1. Wow. Pretty weird. We got him at 66 right here, 66-1. to 1. Yep. And that, that somebody had said that his future on at the Masters was fifty. So, oh, that's pretty crazy to me. Yep. What do you got here, Bucks? Yeah, this is a um, 
this is a range that I really like. I, I really like um, Kokrak and McDowell this week, like you said. Um, in GPPs, I love Brant Seneker. I mean, there's no way that he risks coming back without knowing that he's 100% healthy. And he used to live here. He played here um, at some tournaments at Vanderbilt. So he knows the course. And so for a <clears throat> GPP flyer, I mean, Brandon Seneker, 8600 bucks could be really, really good value. I mean, at the very least, you know he's good around the greens. You know that's all he's been doing for the last month and a half, two months, when he couldn't swing in full. So I, I like Brandon Seneker a lot. Jamie Lovemark is fourth on my model, and <laughs> I I have to ignore it. Like it's he's like, <laughs> I was waiting to see where this was going. <laughs> he's like the auto. He's like my Jay Cutler. Like, <laughs> I have to fade him. Like it's brutal, and I want to play him, and I stare at his name real hard, and then I look at like. McDowell, Snedeker. I love Scott Brown this week. So I have to fade Love Mark. Um, last guy in this range that I really, 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 really like is Scott Brown. Um, I think this course suits his game. Um, I think he is solid off the tee. He's been really, really strong the last few weeks. And so I think this is a week that you could see him kind of break through. Yeah, I think that's a heck of a value. That's why, like I said earlier, the pricing's weird. Like a, a Brown, we've been getting into the sixes, Spawn's high, but then, you know, Simpson, we've been paying 11 something for, and he's 98. So that's all over the board this week. But I agree. Brown is outstanding, I think, at $8,000. I just hope he's not chalked because I, I know we're not the only ones thinking that, but um, maybe we'll get lucky. And people... I, don't, I don't see him being chalked. I mean, I just can't see him at, at 8000 being higher owned than with guys above him. I mean, there's there's a lot of names above him. There's several down below him. I think he'll be – I think I would say less than 5%. That would be good with me. All right, Jesse, why don't you kick us off in your favorite field that literally does have like 75 golfers this week, the $7,000 range. Yeah. Uh, eventually – I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'll just get used to it eventually. But So, uh, a couple guys up top. Uh, or towards the top 7,700 range. Martin Laird, I was on him last week. Missed the cut for me. Great, wonderful. He was top of the model last week, and then now he's still pretty high. Um, so I will go back this week and hope that I can get him at less ownership. I will go back to Stewart Sink as well this week. Um, tenth here last year. Uh, missed two cuts in six years. Um, both of those were more than three years ago. And prior to the miscut last week, which was right on the number, um, playing very solid golf. So I hope that people were burned last week and we can go back to him at much less ownership this week than what he was last week because he was pretty chalky last week. Moving on down, Kevin Streelman, he's kind of the staple, you know, just a steady guy, makes cuts. Every now and again gets you, you know, top 10, top 20. So at 7,500, I like him a lot this week. Danny Lee, I don't know what to do about him. Danny Lee. Because <laughs> he's high up on my Danny model, Lee. right? So I'm just kind of confused as to what his status is. Obviously, he played last week. He finished 25th. 
led the CJ Cup, 71st, and the CIMB Classic, which was he finished seventh. So he's got three straight starts with no WDs after five straight missed cuts, which is pretty weird. Four straight missed cuts. So I like Danny Lee, 7,400. I just have a feeling about him, kind of a gut deal that he's going to play really well this week. Obviously, it could be totally wrong, but I do like Dan Lee. Moving on down, Austin Cook, I'm going back to. Been playing very, very solid golf on tour this year. Um, I love him at that price. It's actually less than last week. I think he was 8,100 last week. This week, he's 73, which is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I might have 100% if I do the 20 lineup deal again. Um, like him a lot. And then Taylor Gooch is another guy who I might sprinkle a little bit of. And back to Benjamin Silverman, too. I was on him a little bit last week, and he missed the cut. So I'm going to try him again. I mean, he shot 74 on Friday, and I don't know what happened. A lot of my guys last week sucked Friday. Yeah. Well, that whole rain thing pissed me off. Guys lost so many strokes after they let him come out and play in that mess. It pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, Bucks, what do you got here in the 7K range? Yeah, I mean, with so many guys – I'm going to keep it fairly short. I'll give three guys above 75 and a couple below. Um, so above 7,500, I really like Ryan Armour. He has been on fire recently, and this is another course that kind of suits his game. He's third in tee to green, fourth in strokes gain approach. He's not super long off the tee, and if he can get his putter rolling, he should be in contention. Um, another guy that I'm going to go back to this week, even though he played like crap last week, is Stuart Sink. Um, I think his game suits here, and he has some Seattle in history, so I'll be back on that well. Uh, another one that I love this week, and I was on him last week, but again, he's a guy that is in really, really good form right now. He always plays well this time of year is Nick Taylor. Yep. Um, Nick Taylor is really good around the greens. Um, from a proximity standpoint, he's pretty good. Um, but again, if he can get that putter rolling, I love Nick Taylor this week um, to put together a, a few good rounds. So moving below 7,500, I'm glad you mentioned Danny Lee because I love Danny Lee this week. Um, I, I think if you look at um, – kind of like his last eight events. I'm not sure you have too much reason to like him. Um, but if you look at his statistics, his recent like last two events, he's, he's shown some life. And I think this course, when, when he plays well, he is so good, so good um, with his second shot into greens. He's so good on the approach. He's really, really solid with his irons. And I think that's what you really need here. Um, so, I mean, looking at the model, he is in the top five in five of my six categories. And so that's not something I can just ignore. Um, Unless it's so, love not. Yeah, I'll be playing a, a ton of Danny Lee this week. So, um, two more guys that I like at this level. JT Poston, been playing great, um, and he's super cheap. So tons of value there. And then Kevin Tway is a guy that I really like this week. He has not been playing good. Top 30. Um, but he – well, okay. 
<laughs> overall in his last few months, he has not been playing well. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like um, where his where where he's going. I think that he's comfortable in these type of courses. Um, and so at 7,100 for a guy that really was on fire last year for a good amount of time, I think you have worse options. Yeah, I do like Kevin Tway. Um, above 75, I will go back to Sink. I like Taylor, Stewart, all mentioned earlier. Patrick Rogers um, has been pretty darn good at this course in the past. And minus a missed cut – or he went T14 last timeout, but he's uh, four or five last cuts. He's two for two at cuts here with the top ten last year. Uh, Kevin Streelman will be in every – well, he'll be my core in majority of my lineups. I love him. I have a question for you before I continue on. It's a guy I hate to use, but you cannot ignore how well he's been playing. Um, T45 last week, then a T2, a fourth. He's two for two on cuts here. Weak him. What are we thinking? Ooh. He's playing really, really well right now. Yeah, I mean. 7600 bucks. He was – what was he last week? He was like – He was cheap, cheap. I think he was like in the 9,000s, 8,000s, 8,300 last week. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean – There's another guy. I mean, he, he's a guy that's always know, been like, low-owned. Yeah. But he gets touted a lot by – he gets the mayo bump quite often. Mayo loves him. He just likes to say, wee! Yeah. Kind of like – no. But I don't know, man. Uh, you know – him and Siwoo, I just can't trust. I can't really trust either one of them. Yeah, Siwoo's playing well, too. So. I know. Um, <laughs> I can't really trust either one of them. Okay, below 75, I do like Cook. Uh, Chad Campbell at 7300 bucks. If you're looking for cut makers, Chad Campbell is a cut machine. So um, go that direction if you like. He's basically made the last five cuts here, six of seven at this course alone, let alone on tour. He's made four straight. So Chad Campbell, definitely a decent play at 73. I like Gooch at 72, Poston at 72. Absolutely love Kevin Tway at 7,100, uh, playing really good golf. Uh, a couple others that weren't mentioned. Here's another guy I hate, and I want to throw it out just as a question to you guys. He's made five straight cuts, and he's made all five cuts here in Clyden, a, a tied for second last year, Camilo Viegas. Ooh. I like him. Cool. Yeah, he's, he, he tears this place up, man. And he's at this yeah, course. Yeah, he plays – and he's seven – thousand dollars or seventy two hundred dollars so yeah. i think he's in play i think it'll, I think it'll be chalky oh we're going to talk about that in a minute um cheap and then another guy that made the cut got a top 25 last week and he's three for three here the t27 and t9 uh for seven thousand dollars i'll go back to the john huh wagon i have no problem going back there again and last but not least i know we've named off a ton but I love the 7K bottom part. Kelly Craft is crushing it, and he is T21 here last year. I'll take him at 7,000. Yeah, he's a good player, man. I like him. He's really good. Nice. He's really good coming into the greens. Yeah, so I have no problem with a bunch of these guys down below. I might leave some money on the table or go with a bunch of nines and some eights and then go down below. Um, speaking of really down below, it's probably the deepest 6K range I remember in quite some time. Bucks, do you want to kick us off there? Yeah, I'll throw a couple names that, out that if you're doing stars and scrubs that I think have a chance. Davis Love, he lives here. 
plays here a bunch, and we've seen him in the past kind of show up on these type of occasions. So I like Davis Love at 6,900. Uh, Tyrone Van Aswagen, 6,800, and I think he's been playing really good golf. So I'm not sure why he's priced this way, but I think he might be like the best value on the entire board this week. Um, so I like him a lot. I'm going to go back to my boy, Billy Hurley, 6,800, and another course that kind of suits his game. Um, and then the last person I'll mention, uh, one, he pops my model, um, but two, you talk about potential, is Harris English. He is seventh in bogey avoidance, third in strokes gained approach, and this is like on par 70 courses. Um 11th and 12th when you talk about points and DK birdies or I mean DK points and birdies. So Harris English at 6,700 is just crazy, crazy cheap um, for the potential that he has. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Jesse, what do you like in the 6K range? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty deep. Uh, a lot down here too. I mean, if you look at 6,800 McKenzie Hughes, well, if you remember, but he won last year. <laughs> $6,800. I mean, Talk about a GPP play at the very least. I mean, it's pretty amazing to me. A um, couple more. For some reason, um, Cameron Percy was kind of high up on my model. He's got okay course history. He's got three straight made cuts here. Uh, not not a whole lot of recent play. He didn't make the cut to Sanderson's Farm uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I like him at 6,800, uh, 6,700, a guy named Josh Teeter. He's a web.com guy mostly. Does not have his PGA Tour card, um, but is from the south. He's actually from Alma Mater. And the golf course that I play at, uh, I think it still has a reserved parking space that he never parks in. Um, but either way, it's for him. So he played it. He played golf locally, so another guy uh, – you know, he's, he's a grinder. Uh, you know, if you're going to play any of these guys, for me, they're like one or two lineup type of guys. I'm not dipping down here a whole lot. I don't love anybody down here. Another guy, Henrik Norlander, yep. in his second year last year, um, has been playing the web.com as well, but a couple top tens and three starts on the web. So keep an eye out for him, and that is all I have. Yeah, like you said, I'm not going to – Go down here a ton, but I don't mind Van Asswagen again. As long as he's cheap, he's always in play for me. Uh, Percy and Herman have good course history here. Streb, defending champion at one point in time. He's played well here. My boy Flores is down here. He got screwed by that rain. He went three over in the last two holes once he came back on the course. Like, pissed me off. Um, Norlander I like. And then Stegmeier and Connors, both at 6,500, have played well of late. And Stegmeier at this course, so uh, – don't mind anything there, but I'm going to really try to stay out of there as much as I humanly possibly can. Maybe just some Van Asswagen. I can't quit Flores, but that's about it. All right. I want to mention one thing before we get into our last plays. I went to Fanshare real quick. Lovemark's third. Scott Brown is tied for fifth with Siwoo Kim. Wow. I'm, fine. I'm fine with Brown, but good. I hope Lovemark's 100% of it. <laughs> I figured, you figured you'd appreciate that. You mean 99.9% because you all have him. The, the fourth guy, though, at $7,200 is JT Poston. That surprised me. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to like 
But all right, let's do our last little bits here. Start, Jesse, what are your punts this week? Uh, I'll go Josh Teeter and uh, Norlander as the two punts. What about you, Bucks? Um, punts for me would have to be Van Asswagen and Harris English. Mine are Van Asswagen and Martin Flores. Um, Jesse, what is your bust? I'll go with uh, Bill Haas. That's what, I'll, that's what I'll say is the bust. What about you, Bucks? Harmon. Mine is Kisner. Mm. Jesse, what is your core? Uh, the core will be Cooch, Cook, and Kokrak. Nice. Or Hadley. Jesse? I like Hadley a lot, or too. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, the core for me is going to be <laughs> it's going to be um, Webb Simpson, going to be Scott Brown, and Danny Lee. <laughs> I don't hate it at all. Like, there's a lot of like there. My core is going to be Hal, Kokrak, and Streelman, but. I love Simpson. I love a lot of the guys you named. So it's going to be another 20 max week for me. Definitely going to happen. Um, Jesse, who is your winner? Jesse Hadley. And Hadley is 28 to 1. Bucks, who do you have? Um, yeah, there's a couple guys that I really like this week. I would say. Outside of Webb Simpson, because I, I hate giving like a chalky play, I, I really like Nick Taylor this week. Who I think is what like yep. sixty to one or something like that. He is a hundred to one. Hundred to one, and you can buy. Yeah, you can buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Hell yeah. Sprinkle you a little ten dollars on that. Try to grain. That's not a bad one. There's a lot of good ones, like seventies and above. Uh, I'm going Kokrak at forty-five to one. Hal's like Hal. Yeah, Hal's 20 to 1 also. I like Kokrak quite a bit. Well, there you have it, gentlemen. In the books. RSA we do have a couple of questions. Oh, that's some listeners' questions. My bad. What do we have? We got uh, the one question already asked coming from a certain Randy at Randy Endorf. Uh, and one of his questions was on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you trust? Um, love Mark. And I said two. We got Bubba. I'm going to go this week. I'll go five, which makes him an eligible play for me. And Bucks is a zero on that. He also had. Um, <laughs> 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 you could have used yeah, that last week. You have a deck of Uno cards just hanging out. Um, Man, my, the other my, one my is there a pack? That's awesome. Another question, was there a patch for Paul Casey withdrawals? <laughs> Soon enough, we will have Euro Tour Paul Casey, $12,000 all in every week. Um, and then the last question uh, was from at Clembros, our dude, OG John. Do you go against the public this week and take non-Sea Island golfers? I feel that may be the way to go. For me, it's not – I wouldn't 
not. I mean, I think it is a big factor. Um, Southern guys who reside here have a pretty big advantage, in my opinion. So, Bucks, you already touched on that. You got anything else? I don't think I don't think there's a way you could possibly fade Sea Island guys. Yeah. I mean, you got literally half of the top twenty priced guys have Sea Island connections or live there. So yeah. I think it's impossible. And if you do, then sure, but that's tough, man. You got any thoughts on it, Bubba? I'm definitely not going out of my way to do it. It's I'm not even looking it up. I'm just building my lineups and if it happens, it happens, but like you said, Bucks, I don't know how you really could do it. There's so many guys that are so good right now, priced so right. You just can't do it. All right. I'm with you. And I don't think it's a chalk thing even. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. Any final words, gentlemen? Nope. Hope everybody has a great week. Hope we crush. Yeah, yeah, last big week. We have the Hero Challenge. Whether or not it's the last cut event for until January, I believe. We are a month and a half. 100% on Tiger. 100% roster Tiger. I'll have one lineup, and it'll be Tiger, and it'll be in the quarter arcade. There you go. (laughs) Just because there's not a golf tournament next week, we will be back with a potentially special little always pressing podcast for you guys. So we'll check back then. Till then, check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. You got Bucks at BP Snow 11. I'm at BD Intric. And the pod is at always press DFS. This was your RSM Classic preview. Catch you guys later.